Welcome back, strange crew. You are tuned into another trip through life's deep cuts. We hope you enjoy the ride. Volume 61 of the Strange Grooves podcast. I'm Sherry Slutson. I'm Susan Escobar. Actually, I'm not. I'm Kate Milbury. Uh, thank you guys for tuning in to this week's episode. Uh, before we begin and bring you our conversation with Dan Biano, you guys are in for a treat. If you're from St. John and visit the Hopscotch Whiskey Bar, you'll be very familiar with Dan. And if you're a Bob Dylan fan, like these two folks were this past episode, you're going to want to tune into this one. Lots of Bob Dylan fangirling in this episode. Yes. Um, but before we jump into it, we'd just like to give a huge thank you to our Patreon supporters. Owen Green, Mike Hawkins, Matt Letson, Mallory Kelly, Kristen Monroe, Kaylin Capson, Jenny Keelaher, Emmanuel Proud, Colin Walshutes, and Cheryl Johnson. Thank you guys so much for your ongoing support. We would not be doing this without you. So thank you so much from the bottom of our hearts. Also, a huge special shout out to our friends at Print3. Thank you guys so much for everything you've done for us recently. Yeah, we really appreciate all the new stationery and all the new merch going out to the Strange Crew. Um, if you're not a, a Patreon supporter yet, uh, you can get involved pretty pretty quickly via our website. Um, but you know, there's a lot of, lot of folks that really help make this possible. Marty LeBlanc from the Moncton Record Expo. Thank you so much again. We can't wait for the next one. And of course, thank you so much to Heartbreak Boutique, Five and Dime and Backstreet Records for all your support since the beginning. We cannot do this without you again. Thank you. Thank you guys so much. And here's this week's episode. So Dan, thank you for joining us. Hi. Thank you so much for coming over. Finally. (laughs) (laughs) We've been really trying to get you on the show for quite a while. Yeah, we, uh, you first mentioned it when I saw you at Moncton Record Expo in the fall, I think. Yeah, I mean, because yeah. we, we've we been on some of the record groups, like on Facebook and stuff like that, and it's always cool to see some of the stuff that you've got, and I remember the one thing that I was like, ooh, I don't know, was when you got the Bob Dylan record that Sharice did not get. And we'll v- revisit that later in this episode. <laughs> <laughs> right. I think it costed you. It might be in my bag, I don't know. Oh, oh, goodness gracious, guys. Oh, so many treats this episode. <laughs> Well, you're in for a treat, everyone who's listening. We're so thrilled that you can join us on this special episode of Strange Grooves. So, Dan, to start things off, I guess, can you tell us a little bit about yourself and kind of how did you get into record collecting? Uh, Yeah, so my name is Dan Vienno. Um, I run the Hopscotch Whiskey Bar around the corner on Canterbury Street. Um, I started getting into records, um, well, I've always been into music, and then I guess about... Ten years ago, my wife bought me a turntable because we had been hanging out at a friend's place uh, and he had a bunch of records. And obviously, ten years ago, almost nobody was listening to vinyl anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was like, oh, this is so fun. And so she bought me a record player for Christmas. Actually, didn't buy me a record player for Christmas. This is going to be a long and convoluted story. But um, you guys know Roger Ringette that works at Monroe's, maybe? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So he had a shop next to Backstreet about 10 years ago selling really? refurbished turntables and hi-fi uh, equipment and stuff. I had so, no idea. Yeah. There you go. I'm wow. glad I came by to tell you that today. That's so, so cool, yeah. So yeah, he had a shop, uh, whether it was his or he was just working there, but I feel like it was his. Um, anyway, um, so she went in and uh, wanted to find me a turntable, and then they got chatting, and then when they realized... Um, uh, who the mutual friend was 
he was like, oh, I don't have anything here for you. You come back after Christmas and I'll have something better. It basically was like, oh, if you're friends with this guy, right. you're probably serious about yeah, what your music yeah. sounds like and yeah. you don't want any of these turntables. Come back after Christmas. Good <laughs> so I had one of those placeholder gifts, right? Yeah. It was just like you open the card and it's like, you know, you, you will get this uh, soon. Yeah, right. <laughs> kind of. So then, uh, yeah, we went uh, back and I got to pick it out myself. It was like, a, I don't know a whole lot about brands or equipment but i got a yamaha yp60 um and it's the only thing i've been Throwing using ever specs. since yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no that's awesome and yeah. what's really cool is uh i work i do some work with Monroe's, and i i remember over the last few years doing work with them that they they were one of the old, like the first that started reselling them again yeah mm-hmm. and then bringing in some of the audio technica and stuff and i was like if you're looking for guitar strings and you need your computer fixed and your brother can't help you can go to Monroe's and get a turntable while you're there yeah. so that's so neat because i didn't know roger did that i'm going to totally bring that up next time yeah interesting so it was like in that first uh, batch of records that you got, what were some of the ones that caught your eye? So at first it was um, like just sort of a novelty thing where you're just like friends would come over and be like, oh yeah, I've got some records that I got at the flea market. We should listen to them. Uh, and it really stayed like, I, I can't think of any that really stand out. Uh, I inherited like my dad's old records and uh, it was really just like every once in a while I'd find... I'd, go to a yard sale or a flea market, pick some up. And uh, then it was really only three or four years ago, I started really collecting like obsessively. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Same here, I think. Yeah, no, same. Yeah. Um, But now it's all I listen Like majority of time, if I'm in my house, we're listening to vinyl and digital format is for like when you're on the go kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, same. <clears throat> yeah, you always have to have that that Spotify or Apple Music playlist I think that's, on the go. That's sort of how mine started. Is that I always had like, I'd say five or six that my dad had given me like while I was growing up. That just you know what I mean like Boston and a few others, and I just kept them because they also looked cool and I loved music. But then I did get uh, a like all in one record player like just as a gift, and mm. it was just it was uh, it was actually Beer's parents. And they were just giving it away. And he thought, well, at least you can play the ones you have. I think I have, like, Rod Stewart, Rush, right. yeah. Brian Adams. And, like, yeah. a bunch of them were, like, terribly scratched and everything. But I was like, at least I have something. But then I remember, like, I started passing through Backstreet. Instead of looking at, like, their CDs and their posters, I was like, oh, well, maybe there's, like, another record that, like, I can pick up. And when Dad comes over next time, we can sit and listen to, like, April Wine or, like, Bob Seger or something. Yeah. And that's how it started. And that's eventually when I went broke. Right. <laughs> and that's why we are destitute. Yeah, right. no, it, it's kind of, it's funny. There's like a running like story among us of like inheriting dad vinyl. Um, yep, everybody it was kind does. Of, it was kind of the same <laughs> too with me. And then I got, again, like the cheap turntable that, you know, before you knew better. <laughs> and yeah, and it's sort of, I think for me, it was kind of a part of it too that got me serious into collecting kind of was the ownership aspect of it. Like, you know, before like growing up, we had CDs and then it kind of switched to digital. But I just love like, owning a record and all the, and we've talked about this before like all the thought and art mm-hmm. and just skill and genius sometimes that goes into them yeah so i think that's kind of where it kind of started for for me yeah, and definitely my vinyl is definitely a lot more classic rock like my yeah yeah uh, <laughs> yeah like my digital playlist would be a lot more modern stuff and then your vinyl is always classic but now it's kind of spilling over and i find myself buying a lot of new releases on vinyl because same. the way I want to listen to it. Yeah, I I was uh, noticing that the other day because, for example, I just obtained 
the last Primus album to my collection. Yeah, so nice. tell us about that for the people that are listening. <laughs> well, kind of just like with Steely Dan, there was a different kind of era with vinyl and CDs with them, depending on what was coming out and when. And with Primus, the first album they ever put out was this one, and they only made a thousand copies of it. And this is one of those. Oh. Right. And this was literally two months into them being a band. And when I listen to those songs on there, and then I listen to them on other albums, they're just as fucking tight on this album, being together <laughs> two months. Right. Yeah. And it's the original lineup that are still touring today. Right. And it was Les Claypool's grandfather and dad who gave him the 300 bucks to make the record. That's so... And so this record, I've been looking for because they didn't repress this yet, but they yeah. just put out all the new Primus albums this year. Yeah, well, kind of noticed that. Yeah, so 40 <laughs> bucks here and there, yeah. right? And I'm like, okay, cool. Yeah, I'll pick them up because obviously if I've got a few, yeah. I'll want them all. But that one was one that I was like, even on Discogs, it was over $100. And yeah. I was like, hmm. And then I got it as a gift. It was, it's almost a $200 record. But I've got one of the thousand copies on there. Nice. So it's just, it's really interesting what happens to you as a collector because you're like, do I? Uh, and you kind of have to, right? Because it's, it's an investment, right? The way yeah. I look at it, and the story, like it was Chris at Second Spin who bought it in 1999 in Boston when he was doing a concert run with his dad, oh, and wow. bought it for six dollars. That's mm. crazy, right? And has had it ever since. Has never ever taken. So this it. was Chris's record. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, and he said that like originally when he posted it, he had thought of me and was like, mm, and I was the first person to like it and reach yeah. out. And he's like, you are not going to like the price though. Yeah. And I knew it was probably going to be around like $75, $80 if it was a repress. I did not know it was a first edition. Mm. And when he was like, yeah, it's this, I was just like, nah. And then I got it as a gift, and I've still been trying to give it back ever since. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. But, like, it's, it's, it's amazing, right? And that's what happens. And that's what I find it interesting about vinyl collectors. Right. And about, like, the repressing and the price points. Mm-hmm. Right. Right? Because, if, yeah, they could repress that for 40 bucks, and I could wait to get that. But... Now being such a big fan, it's kind of cool to own a piece of that history, right? And it's the same yeah. with you guys and like Bob Dylan and different things you invest in. <laughs> what what makes you happy, right? So yeah. right. to me, I'm yeah, just like, Yeah, there's a couple oh, pricey Dylan records uh, out there. Yeah. <laughs> and I also was, I believe I was given one for, for free as well. I guess before we get on the, the Dylan train, what? Because <laughs> it's going to be... <laughs> um, so you mentioned so that record is running around like two hundred dollars retail. What's the most you ever spent on a record, or if you haven't spent, you know, an absurd amount? What's like one expensive record that you'd want to buy? Um, oh jeez, <laughs> I, uh, I I I look at a lot of the uh, like the Dylan bootleg releases. I know I'm getting onto the Dylan train a little early. We're just here, gonna but... get on it. <laughs> Let's just ride Let it. Let it be now. So, that's, that's, I mean, you know, they're all like. Uh, over a hundred bucks, um, uh, which, I mean, for a single record, that's a lot of money. Uh, but some of these are like multiple, like um, the box sets, the box sets, sets and stuff. yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So like, I didn't buy um, the bootleg series volume one, like the the original one. Right. It was like, if you got it back in the day on CD, I think it was three CDs. Right. But now it's in a box of like five LPs, but it's a hundred bucks, and I saw it in Montreal when I was up there recently mm-hmm. and I didn't buy it because I was buying a bunch of other records and Thought I about regretted it. it <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I have a yeah. bad habit of doing that seeing things like and thinking ooh that's a lot of money and then 
regretting it. Regretting it afterwards. Yeah. yeah. My wife's trying to encourage me not to do that. So not to waste more money on vinyl. She definitely wouldn't be encouraging me to do that. But, but for things like that. But like, if it's something that means a lot to you, it's just, you, know, you should have bought that. Like, yeah. No, I was like that. So I have one Bob Dylan vinyl box set, and that was the Cutting Edge that came out a couple mm. of years ago. And I just like the thing I love about. Dylan's box sets is that like when he puts out these like bootleg series because he seems to like just have so many of them it's like yeah I don't even know what number we're up to what number we're up to at this point like is there any more we don't know but I love how (laughs) (laughs) there will be um but you you hear these classes a lot oftentimes like these classic hits or you know these gems and you hear them in a completely different way and then it changes the way you view the song or how it makes you feel like the one that pops to my mind off the cutting edge is uh the rendition of visions of joanna that's like super upbeat and like rocky and twangy and you're just like it totally changes the vibe to like I'm crying in my apartment too. You know, I'm getting <laughs> yeah, fucked up, up and it's dance, like, yeah. I don't care, right? <laughs> you know, so that's, um, I don't know, I, I totally understand though, because it's like, those are big investments. They are. Uh, I'm not even a huge Pumpkins fan, but like, Pumpkins vinyl is like so oh, expensive yeah. and yeah. I don't really know why, but um, so I play in these online raffles on Facebook. Have you seen these? Like, there's a couple of different vinyl no. record groups on Facebook no. and it's I probably I don't even know if I should be talking about this I don't know if it's 100% <laughs> this underground I don't know if it's 100% legal because they I noticed they sometimes change the name of the group and they're like hey everybody now we're just called this and gotcha. don't right. mention raffle when you're raffling off records but you, you essentially buy spots in a raffle mm-hmm. and they raffle off these records so I won a copy of Melancholy because wow. I was like I would never spend $100 right. for this record yeah. if it was a box set with five albums in it sure but yeah. it's it's just the original like, release you know in a really pretty packaging, right? Yeah, yeah. But I want a copy for a ten dollar gamble, and that's great. <laughs> yeah, you win, win, right? Win. That's yeah. It's but like I found that with some of the Tool albums, like they get to be pretty expensive, and some are just like Faith No More. Like the music on vinyl line is really expensive. It's expensive, yeah. Like everything. There's so many albums from the 90s. Like, uh, yeah. like I graduated high school in 1994, so you yeah. can kind of imagine what my yeah. Uh, I remember seeing style Alice of music Chains, was. Jar and Flies, and it was 54.99. That's what yeah. I was looking. I bought it. Yeah. Now I'm just like, how how often do I really play yeah. it though? Now they've released that as a package deal with Sap. Did you know that you get oh. Jar of Flies and Sap, you get both albums. Oh. I need that's what I want an Alice in Chains album now. I know what I'm expecting. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all that all that stuff I listened to when I was in high school is getting re-released and it starts it's at forty dollars. Well, because it's classic rock. That's how old it's I am. Yeah. Weird. That's so sad. <laughs> We're getting old. Yeah. Like, yeah. I don't know. It's, but it's fun. You know, I think that that's one of the big things we enjoyed about making this podcast is that there's mm-hmm. so many people just like after work going and like listening to their music and doing really cool things and. Yeah. I don't know we consume so much content we're busy people um so it's nice to hear like whenever i see you post to record groups i'm like oh shit that's awesome that you got that cool yeah. and it makes me like in the back of my mind eventually go put on a record at some point it's like advertising subliminally to me mm-hmm. yeah right it makes me like go and put effort into music and i think it that's an investment on its own so i don't think it matters how much you're spending or how much time mm-hmm. but, no, no absolutely but so, there's nothing better than finding you know 
a score. I'm like, oh, I can't oh. believe that's only yeah. five bucks. Or so. someone's like selling stuff and they like don't know what they're giving away or they do know, but they yeah. just want it off their hands. Like depending on the circumstance, you're just like, yeah. yes. That's definitely happening less and less. Right? Oh yeah. Yeah. Well, especially with the resurgence, like oh, yeah. people are knowing. Like, yeah. People know what it's worth now. Right. Too bad. I think yeah. my, my, and I say this a few times, I think my only complaint about things that are being like repressed or just put out new is that I want more. And I don't mean like, like albums. I mean, when you look at all of the incredible artists that like focus, like, like Pink Floyd on that, like blue single that they did, like just in like, where was it? Asia or something like just on that release alone, so much effort and work. And like, they didn't have like PR strategies or yeah. social, do you know what I mean? But it was like, it was done and it was done well. So now when I get a new Primus record, sorry you guys, if you're listening, <laughs> I want stickers. I want something. Yeah. I want more than a digital download code. I want album art. I want, do you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. And I think that that's one thing that I hope that starts to kind of come back with bands is I think there's so many bands coming out now and they really have to find their Fleetwood Mac rumors album mm. before they keep tossing out all of these albums right do you know what I mean mm. I think that's that's my biggest thing it's just give me more when more you're stuff. putting out an album because I, I don't mind putting yeah. spending 30 40 50 dollars and it doesn't matter if you're local or if you're Bob Seger I'll pay for it yep but like I just got two new Steely Dan records they're literally just live recordings pressed on a black record 50 yeah. bucks a piece and it's like of course I'm going to buy them, but I wish that they could have given me liner notes or right. given me a picture of like that theater when they were playing. Cause like, you know, it exists. Yeah. Mm. So I think that's my only thing about vinyl right now that put I put more effort. Yeah. That's yeah. all. Cause mm. like the price will match it. It's not going to cost more to put a graphic on the inside of your booklet. Like, right. If you have to put it up two ninety nine, we'll pay for it. <laughs> yeah. Like that's one yeah, thing with vinyl. The cost we are, us, we are the white whales. Content. Do you know what I mean? As yeah. clients, we are white whales. Yeah. Because all of us have this weird customer lifetime value that is unknown. Right. <laughs> right. One day you could be dropping three hundred bucks on records. Two months could go by, you drop twenty five. Yeah. For sure. So you brought some records with you. Uh, I did bring some records with me. Yeah. So show us what you brought. Show and tell time. Okay. Well. Um, I probably brought more than I needed to. It's okay. Oh, that's there's perfect. never there's there never was, two there's no there's such a thing bottle of whiskey that we'll get to later. Yes. Oh. All right. Um, okay. So I just started going through my records this morning when I knew I was coming here. Um, so some of them are just like, oh, I really like that. I'm going to bring that because right. who doesn't like Elvis? So I brought my Elvis '68 comeback special oh. because it's the best. Um, I don't even know where I got this. Probably market I don't know um, that'd be like the one Elvis record I would buy right because he yeah. rocks on this yeah like he's badass um, you know he's hip with the kids again yeah they had kind of, it's kind of hard to imagine because it's before our time but right they had kind of written them off like that was why it was called the 68 comeback okay. special right um, they kind of felt like people's the kids had moved on like nobody was interested in what Elvis was doing I don't know he had gone to war and I don't think he had toured for a while um, but yeah, and then he comes back and just kills it, which is awesome. Yeah. Who doesn't love a good comeback story? Yeah, it's great. So I brought that. Um, I'll just keep pulling them out as they arrive. Okay, so my current obsession is Sturgill Simpson. So I brought my copy of Sturgill's A Sailor's Guide to Earth. Uh, do you guys know Sturgill Simpson? Did he just Simpson? play Harvest? He played Harvest last year. Yeah, yeah. that's what I thought. Yeah. He was the replacement when yeah, Nathaniel yeah, Rateliff couldn't show up. Yeah. And, I and then people great. were talking about returning their Nathaniel Rateliff tickets, and I was like, 
you just gotta upgrade yeah. in my books yeah um he's amazing his albums are great um live he's unreal i've seen him twice now and uh this is what we're talking packaging about is with really packaging awesome. yeah <laughs> i'm glad this one came out second because yeah this kind of packaging is that's so cool and this one i uh this is his latest album so i was already really into him so i ordered this from the website like pre-ordered before it even came out oh cool so it was uh, probably a little better packaging and it comes on blue vinyl which is Ooh, who doesn't like got that colored vinyl, vinyl. and it good came job with a, Sturgill you're doing <laughs> you're killing it bud doing yeah great, it honey. came with a t-shirt uh and it came with a slip mat that looks exactly like this See, from my that, turntable that, that's the extras yeah that's the extras we need yeah, yeah that's pretty amazing actually that's that's what you want yeah right like, and i mean amazing cover art that you're not really going to appreciate on your phone you know yeah no your for iTunes, sure right yeah uh, wow. So I brought that. So if anybody out there listening is thinking who is Sturgill Simpson, go check him out. Um, he's classified as country, but he's he's just all over the place. Like he rocks. Um, I love Springsteen, so that's probably not even my favorite Springsteen album, but I have a lot of Springsteen albums, right? Uh, and it's one of uh, favorites for sure. Uh, so yeah, Springsteen's Nebraska album. Um, really dark, uh, really sparse. Um, I guess it's a solo album without the E Street Band, but I think it's like Tom Petty. It's like even if it doesn't say E Street Band, there's probably mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. six E Street members playing on that. Album. Right. Although that a lot of that is just I'm, I'm sure you've heard it before. It's pretty sparse and a lot of acoustic. Um, and then Tom Petty is next. You guys like bootlegs? Yeah, we um, like a bootleg. So this was, uh, I have a few from this wow. label. Um, Backstreet stocks some of this stuff from this label here, Parachute Records. Uh, so this is all uh, covers. So the songs he didn't write. So uh, Is this, did this come out recently? I think so. Yes, because yeah, I saw an article on it. 2018, yeah. yeah. But all the material is from like late 70s to mid 80s for the most part. There's a couple of 90s performances. Um, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, and there's a few Dylan covers, of course. Naturally. Uh, he does License to Kill, which is just beautiful. Um, oh, I did Ballad of Easy Rider. Oh my gosh, yeah. I need to yeah, this listen is, to this. This is great. Yeah. <laughs> um, this one is kind of funny. I found this one at, um, I don't even know how to say it, but Shahrazad Bookstore. Um, so he had it buried in... Uh, you guys, you guys shop at Shares? Yes, yes. Yeah. Yep. So Mike's great there at uh, uh, curating his, their records. Uh, so he had this buried in the soundtracks, and uh, I knew that it had uh, a Dylan album, or a Dylan song on it. So Dylan does the title track on this. This is called Band of the Hand. I've never seen this movie. Right. Um, it looks like a Miami Vice knockoff. I love it. <laughs> I love it. It's very easy. So 80s. it's produced by Michael Mann and directed by Paul Michael Glazer. Uh, but the theme song is called Band of the Hand, and it's performed by Bob and the Heartbreakers back him up on it. Oh. So for five bucks, I had to have That's that. That's great. There you go. Um, Would have never known looking at that. No. Right? Like that there. No, that's like a hard pass, right? Like, you, yeah, like <laughs> well, it's interesting. You would have to, like, really take a moment to look at it. Like, you, because yeah. I would just be like, hmm, bad but, 80s movie. <laughs> like, but if you're obsessive of a villain and have to have it all, <laughs> that was stored somewhere in the back of my mind. I was like, oh, Dylan's on that album. Um, 
Wow. Beastie Boys. Check, Check your, your head. head. Uh, yeah, definitely my favorite Beastie's album. Um, and actually samples Bob Dylan. Um, what song? Uh, I can't remember what song it is. Mm-hmm. Funky Floss, maybe? I, I, I oh, can't remember. interesting. Um, but it, there's definitely, it's, and it's not subtle, you notice it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. That no, like belong. the beat stops and like, you know, go back and listen to that album oh, and you'll well. be like, oh, there it know. is. Like everything yeah. stops and you just hear, I'm going back to New York City. Oh, okay, yeah. yeah. Um, so this album, I just found when I was uh, coming back from uh, Boston recently, and we stopped in Portland, which I'd never gone record shopping in Portland until this year, and Fantastic. it's amazing. Fantastic. There's like four really cool uh, uh, secondhand record places all within like the three block radius. Um, so this album, I had no idea what it was, but it was another one that was like five bucks. And I flipped five it bucks. over. It's Woody Guthrie and Lead Belly covers. And then I just start reading the artist. It's from 86, and the Dylan is on here, Mellencamp, Springsteen, U2, Willie Nelson. I was like, okay, well. For $5? Yeah, Jeez. I was like, you know, Brian Wilson doing Goodnight what? Irene. Ah, oh, that's so cool. That's really strange. What? Yeah. That's, that's great... so weird. And I love it because it's yeah. like, they, these are the artists that were heavily influenced. Like, they heavily yeah. influenced Bob, and then half of the other artists that are playing on here were influenced by Bob. So yeah. it's great. It's like a chain, the chain of influence in one record. Yeah. I love it. it. Yeah, and uh, who's who in the mid '80s for sure? Like, you know, like <laughs> yeah. Little Richard is on there. Maybe Amy Lou Harris. I don't know. Anyway, <laughs> so this one. Uh, it's funny. I got to point out. It. It's not like they tried with a sticker to be like featuring Bob Dylan, John Mellencamp. Yeah, like, you know, like yeah. the artist now. It's like featuring Nicki Minaj, <laughs> Taylor Swift, right? Everyone that you could possibly want on every track. No, right? they're, they're just like, no, here. we're we're pretty confident with this one. We'll put yeah, it we're good. Only the gems will find us. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> That's so funny. And the only reason I found it was it was under D for Dylan. It was next to a couple oh, other right. new albums. So then cool. I was like, flipped it over. Like, like, what? I've never heard of this. What is oh, this? Well. Right? Or I, yeah, I probably would not have known what it was. Um, Willie Nelson's Redheaded Stranger. Um, amazing album. Um, it's like a country music comic book on the back cover, which is pretty cool. Um, I love that. Have yeah, you seen our you... Willie Nelson comic? No, we'll I have not. To, we'll have to send that to you. <laughs> yes, please do. We have a, a comic. His name is Brandon, and he uh, does all these music original comics. And, yeah, music in four parts. So he always like examines like different parts of music history in four cartoons. Okay, they're fabulous. There's one. Yeah. I've definitely um, seen. I've seen some of those. Yeah, he did share, but I definitely Willie. didn't see a, a, about his a guitar. Also one. Yeah, if you yeah. guys listening want to check it out, strangegrooves.com under Strange Arts. <laughs> Brandon Hicks. <laughs> <laughs> we love you, Brandon. We love you very anyway. much. Amazing album, uh, kind of kicked off the outlaw country movement. Um, yeah, and, and you probably recognize this one. So this was the first time I ever stood in line <laughs> on record I was store day. Standing in the damn line, but I was at the other yeah, store. Yeah, when I found out that um, Mike and Chris had three copies of this, I was like. Head. Damn you, now I'm going to get up at the crack of dawn and go stand in line because uh, I need to have this. And almost didn't get it. Somebody else ahead of me had grabbed it and for some reason put it back. God bless that they were so ignorant. <laughs> right? Uh, oh, um, my God. Can I hold it? Yeah, you can look at it. Uh, there's uh, actually not much to look at because it's just a plain... I know, it's just like a That's just kind of cool about it. It's just... Oh, yeah. that's so beautiful. 
Oh, man. So I'm curious, and we had this discussion when I ran into you at the bar the other day, because this is like a blood on the tracks test pressing. And I remember in a previous episode, I talked about it. He recently put out another bootleg series called More Mm -hmm. Blood, More Tracks, and it was all tracks from the New York sessions. And the whole thing behind that release was like, oh, this is what Blood on the Tracks could have sounded like. And Blood on the Tracks is like my favorite Bob Dylan album, hand down. It should be everybody's favorite. It should. It's like... Anyways, but so I was curious. So I want, I really wanted this because obviously favorite album, special release. But and you brought this up. I wonder how different it is from more. I wonder if there is there different tracks. Did you do different takes? I wonder how if it's I, at all repetitive. I know? think there is some overlap, but there's definitely stuff on here that is not on uh, more blood, right. more tracks, and vice versa. There's actually I think some outtakes on more blood, more tracks, where this is just track for track the album, but all different versions that they recorded in uh, Minnesota or vice versa. These are the ones they recorded in New York. Right. And then they got another band together and recorded them in Minnesota. Right. I think that's the official release. Right. Yeah, that was the official release. But also More Blood, More Tracks had New York really all Stuff New from releases. this session, yeah. Yeah, so I don't yeah. know if they have different tracks from that session. I'd have to listen to it to know, but this is such, uh, such a find and... I hate you. <laughs> <laughs> so genuine. It's like, yeah, no. So before I go, how did you get into Bob Dylan? Was it someone you always listened to or how did you yeah, discover? Uh, from my brother. My brother's four years older than me. So oh, cool. obviously he was the coolest guy on the planet Right. Uh, when I was a kid. Yeah. Uh, and he got into everything before me. So um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, he, I can remember my brother uh, when I was in high school. And I would mostly listen to uh, punk and metal and hard rock. And, but then my brother, I can remember getting ready, him getting ready for work and I'm getting ready for school. And he's blasting Rainy Day Woman yes. as he's combing his hair and getting ready to go to work. Beautiful. That was like every day. It was just like... Everybody <laughs> must get That's how we would start every day. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I, I just thought that was the coolest. Um, yeah, so he definitely rubbed off on me. And then... Uh, I think I, I, it was just kind of like, okay, yeah, I like Dylan. He's in the catalog of classic yeah. rock artists that I enjoy. Um, and then I think when I started playing guitar, then I started really getting into it because it was easy to play his songs on yeah. guitar. Yeah. Well, like the early stuff anyway. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so then I started just getting more into, you know, singer-songwriter stuff in general. Um, but then, yeah, and started getting deep into Dylan and obsessing over yeah no yeah it's like the moment there's like people that like Dylan and then there's people that have like saw the light <laughs> you know what I mean yeah. and they're like yeah. yeah yeah do you like, like him or do you really, really like, like him and there's like, some do you hard... listen to the 80s stuff be yeah. truthful <laughs> yeah some it's hard man the religious phase, the religious phase it's yeah. like mm, but man he just means a lot um did but you Shot guys... of Love is, is a great album <laughs> It is. <laughs> Here I am being like, can I name five songs? <laughs> okay, we'll have a record night where I'll indoctrinate you into the church. Um, yeah, it's one of those things, like, I just never really, like, obviously, like, a few songs here and there, but I was never like, toss it on. Like, yeah. It just wasn't really my, my jam. And then, like, you listen to me being like, oh, my God. This but that's the same yeah. way with me and Steely Dan. Right, it's right. It's not like you're like, oh, my God. Right? Yeah. I'm just like, yes. <laughs> Yeah. And you're like, it's not like we're like, fuck you, can't be your buddy. Anymore. No, it's just like, good, we all have our hobbies. Now, if we did not agree on Fleetwood Mac, you're at the 
Gryffindor. Yeah, get, we would be end. <laughs> did you watch, and this is the last thing before we move on, did you watch the Rolling Thunder review Bob Dylan story? Did you get around to it? I did. What are your thoughts? Um, I thought the performances were amazing. Um, did you catch the, the bullshit? The bullshit? Yeah, some, well, I, I'll be honest. I mean, and I'm a Dylanophile or whatever you call yourself when you're obsessed over Dylan. Uh, some of them I caught mm. while I was watching. I'm like, mm. that's bullshit. That, he did that. not get the fake. Sorry, spoiler alert. Um, yeah. If anyone cares, <laughs> he did not get the his face paint idea from seeing from... Jane Simmons at a club. <laughs> no. And then you see Sharon Stone, and you're like, <laughs> Sharon Stone did not go on tour with, with these the... guys. I was like, that's got to be BS, right. right? But in uh, like in the fictional, like the guy, one of the main interviews is like totally made up. Yep. Yeah. There's and whole. Uh, yeah. There's whole. Uh, whole like people that are just imaginary in that. And that. But I think that's kind of cool, and it's very Dylan because. He's all about Nobody Dylan's really knows the real Dylan. Like right. Dylan is just showing you whatever, and he reinvents himself on every album and every tour. And building and his mythology has always been so big from the beginning. Like you know when he came to New York and he'd be like, oh yeah, like I was raised in the circus and like yeah. I'm Woody Guthrie's <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Yeah. And so he's Long building his child. yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, essentially. So it's all about that. And I love yeah. how and I want to rewatch it again because there's so many Easter eggs in it. Like yeah. he gives it away in the beginning and you don't know and he's like, I don't remember anything about the Rolling Thunder. That's review. right. The first five minutes know? of the film is like I don't even remember that tour. Man. And then he just but like there's a lot of <laughs> stuff that did happen too. But I love how. It's, when you think about it, how it's branded, it's not like a documentary. It's like a Bob Dylan story, and it's like a Bob yeah. Dylan story. Yeah, I was talking, <laughs> after it came out, I was talking about. Did you see it? And they and they didn't realize on watch when they watched it the first time through that it was this mm. uh, fantasy blended with uh, mix of fact and fantasy. It says right in the Netflix description, like a mixture. Of yeah, <laughs> fact <laughs> like, and fantasy. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, didn't realize people very would Dylan. want to see those kinds of things because oh. I could make shit like that all day. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's, it was incredible because when we want my friend uh, Jeremy, who we need to have on the show too, we should like have a Bob Dylan like fast here, but Absolutely. like he, him and I watched it together and we wa- and I, I didn't read anything beforehand. Like yeah. Rolling Stone did stories on like the lies and stuff in it, and I was like, okay, but I just went in like cold, and then we were just like, okay, okay, like kind of weird and then anyways in the next morning he's like so he's like here's what i think he's like i think it's all bullshit and then i'm like okay well let me check and then rolling stone did a story and i sent it to him and it was like oh my oh my goodness like this is so bob dylan like yeah. i thought it was great and i can't wait to watch it again and uh i definitely googled fact versus fiction rolling thunder so, yeah the and, <laughs> and it breaks it down and you're just like oh like it it's so great um for anyone listening who's interested i would not recommend if you're new to bob dylan like do, Yes, if you're new to Bob Dylan, Caitlin, you don't want to. This wouldn't be the first documentary you'd want to watch. I'd recommend watching No Direction Home mm. first because it's a very good overview of his beginnings and his early career. And then Don't Look Back's a good one too. That's like one that came out during the time in the mid '60s when he was touring, going electric and stuff like that. So yeah, I yeah. agree with that. Yeah, this is not a good entry point for for no for Dylan. no. Um, yeah, and and musically, it's probably not the best entry point either because no. everything's upside down and like nothing sounds the same anymore no like you'd want to listen which is cool it's cool like you'd want (laughs) to you need you should know the the originals of those songs before you get into the rolling because the rolling thunder review covers are dope but you should know the original and uh the originals too to really have you seen bob dylan uh i've seen bob dylan several times yeah me too where did you see him uh i saw (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> I saw him here in St. John. Uh, maybe that was the last time he was, was here. Was it the 20, 2008 show where everyone hated? Everyone, everyone hated? And he like stood at his piano the whole time? Yes, I was at that show. I That's was there that. Ryan in the fifth row, my 16-year-old ass. But yeah. yeah, but I loved it because... But anyway. I, I've seen mostly. I've seen him in Montreal. I lived in Montreal for about a six-year stretch, oh, that's cool. uh, so I, I saw him definitely at the Bell Center a couple times, and nice. I saw him outdoors. The first time I saw him uh, was outdoors uh, in Montreal, and Annie DeFranco was opening for him. Oh, which I've seen cool. Annie before. Yeah. Oh, wow. That'd be dope. Yeah. The last time I saw him, actually, it's about an anniversary today, like three years ago. It came up in my memories. I saw him at Thompson's Point. In, oh, yeah, I saw that in your story. Today. Yeah, like in Thompson's like, Point in Bangor. Oh, wow. And I got to, we were sitting on the grass, and then at the end of, like near the end of the show, there's like a standing part at Thompson's Point, and uh, my friend Brandon, Brandon Hicks, you're <laughs> we like, let's go stand at the end like to get closer, you know. Anyways, during the encore, like blowing in the wind, like people just broke through the roped area where people were sitting and right. just rushed the stage. So <laughs> Brandon awesome. just grabbed me and we watched the stage and we were right at the bar. Oh, and like, amazing. he looked at us and it was crazy. It was like the most magical, like Bob Dylan looked at you. He looked at me. Oh, <laughs> like, well, doesn't look at anyone anymore. No, at the end, like at the end. So he sung. And then at the end, like, you know, when he's like standing there and everyone's clapping, yeah. he's like, he kind of turned and looked at like the big group of us delinquents that broke yeah. through the bar. And he just like the light shined on his face. And he was just like, and I was just like, <laughs> I like <laughs> was walking out of the venue. We were like, Oh my God. Oh my God. And like, Called my parents in the car being like, guys, like, I was gone front row to Bob Dylan and I didn't have to pay. Like, Life changing. It was. Yeah. yeah. No, it's, um, his concert experiences are just, um, they're interesting for sure. Uh, this, Marva State, maybe Staples opened for him at that one. Oh, nice. That was like, so it's like you went to church. It was like the pre-service <laughs> right. to right. going to church. Wow. But the thing with that though, he's been putting out a lot of, like his past couple albums have been like covers mm -hmm. of Frank Sinatra. So yep. That he played That's a couple, cool. yeah. He's he doesn't give a shit because like in his old age he can do whatever the fuck he wants. But no. um, people him are, and Neil Young like yeah. Uh, <laughs> Neil Young doesn't care. I'm that you've never seen yeah. Heart of Gold. Yeah, right. But <laughs> if he, he did, doesn't feel like playing it. He's not gonna play it. So he played some really cool. So he played like Things Have Changed, which I consider a classic one. Um, Tangled yeah. Up in Blue, She Belongs to Me. Um, and then he played Blowing in the Wind. And Here I am taking a mental note. I'm like, there's four songs. <laughs> yeah. Like, he played uh, Blowing in the Wind. But people were getting up and leaving. And we read a review, like, that the local paper wrote, the Portland paper wrote. And they're like, yeah, like, people are disappointed. And we're getting up to leave. And I'm just like, how dare you? But then, like, I'm sitting around people that have, like, Bob Dylan. Imagine. Like, I have the eye tattooed. Like, <laughs> there's someone that nice. has this eye tattooed, like, on their back. Yeah. And, like, a big, like, there's, like, hardcore people. Yeah, like, yeah. You can it's just not hard to imagine that. Like, wait, it's... Back? Yeah, I was going to get it there, but then I was like, eh, this, is my, this is my first tattoo. <laughs> but, ah, yeah. yeah, no, it's an interesting experience. I hope he comes back. If he ever comes back to St. John, mm. I'll be old enough to camp out for tickets, because mm. I'm getting front row. <laughs> and, I'd love to see him one more time. But I'm, I hesitated on these last couple tours because he is playing a lot of the Sonata covers and stuff, which is it's interesting, but I want to hear originals. I think he might do that. And you know what sucked? After I saw him that time, he played Desert Trip, you know, the one in yeah, California, yeah. and he played all the hits there. Oh, and yeah. And I'm just like... What did they... They dubbed that Old Cella? Yeah, Old Cella. Because it was like him and... 
Like the Rolling Stones were there and Roger Waters. The year before, Steely Dan played Coachella and he was pissed. Donald Fagan was like, I don't even want to fucking play Coachella. (laughs) You should have saved for Old Chella. Like, that's the Coachella I would go to. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. Yeah. So, if you could just make like a classic rock Coachella where you've got like the RVs and like normal bathrooms and like snacks and shit, sign me up. And I'll, I'll say it again too with like a lot of these festivals coming up. The one that I still think is like super dope, aside from like KV Music Fest, because that's like a pretty good bang for your buck, um, would be the Shediac Lobster Fest. Right. Hundred bucks gets you your own private table, <laughs> a fucking ticket, seven drinks, your own bathroom. It's just like that so to seven me is... drinks at concert prices. That almost pays for your. Do you know what I mean? And you're right getting there. like Sam Roberts, Chilliwack. Yeah. Like I and last year was like April one, and I was like, that is insane to me. That's crazy. Anyways, I'm just I love when there's like good value for things because I would I would go to festivals that was like classic rock driven, Mm -hmm. guaranteed. Agreed. But yeah, this is the part where we kind of go into some concerts, right? Because now we're like talking about now we're on the topic. Great segue. (laughs) Because like (laughs) you know we just we've we've got a few shows coming up, Mm -hmm. and I'd like to know if you have any shows coming up that you're thinking about going to or. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, I'm going to Chris Stapleton next week in oh, cool. Bangor. Yeah, nice. I'm pretty stoked for that. And That's Margo cool. Price is opening up. I don't know if you guys know Margo Price. Um, no, I've heard of her. I've heard the name, but yeah. I'm not familiar with the music. Um, yeah, she's a, a country. Um, her albums are like, they sound like Loretta Lynn, but then I saw her last year on another, like, I went to the Outlaw Music Festival last year. It's like Willie Nelson's yep. uh, tour that he does. Mm. Uh, and she was on the bill there. And I was okay. like, there was a bunch of people on that bill. There was like Sturgill and Nathaniel Rateliff and Lucas Nelson, Willie Nelson. And then Margot Price was on the bill. And I was looking at the lineup and I remember telling everybody that I was going with us. I was like, she's going to be like the most country there. Like she sounds like Loretta Lynn. Just prepare yourself. She's very old school country. Yeah. Uh-huh. Then she gets on stage and she's wearing like jeans and a t-shirt, sunglasses, and it's all electric. And she just rocks out the whole show. I was just like, wow, what just happened? Wow. Right. My wife's looking at it going like, I thought you said she was country. And I was like, I don't even know she's what's going pitted. on anymore. <laughs> but she's, she's amazing. Pitted. So I'm excited that she's opening uh, for Stapleton. So that's I was going to go in Bangor. Oh, Bangor, yeah. Yeah, so I was like, we've been planning to go see Stapleton for a couple of years now anyway. But that was definitely like icing on the cake like, that she's going to be opening up. That's so that's exciting. Um, we just went to see Glenn Hansard. Do you know who Glenn Hansard is? Not familiar. He's an Irish singer-songwriter. He used to be in a band called The Frames, and he was in that movie called Once. Have you ever seen that movie? Mm-hmm. You should it. check it out. <laughs> yeah. um, it's like Irish uh, busker on the street falls in love with a girl. They make literally make beautiful music together. Um, yeah, it's a cool. Movie. Once is what it's called. It's called Once. Okay. Uh, so he uh, wrote all the music in that movie uh, along with uh, Marquetta. Glova? I, I'm going to screw up her name, but anyway. That's pretty cool. <laughs> the girl that stars in the movie. Um, anyway, so we went to see him. We've seen him a couple times. Uh, my wife's probably a bigger fan even than I am. Um, so, and then we have tickets for Jason Isbell um, at Harvest this year, That's which I'm awesome. pretty excited about. Uh, September? September, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Second week of September. I was, for some reason, get it mixed now that there's like so many other festivals. Yeah, there's so much going on in August, September, early September. Yeah. It's great. 
But it's good. Like, oh, are you gonna go to the Kim Mitchell April wine at the casino? Um, no, I didn't even know about it. Yeah, so well, I can't say no. Yeah, I just, it just came out Friday, and they are fifty dollars. Kim Mitchell April wine. Stuff comes to the casino that GA. I never even hear of. And the casino needs admission. to do a better. The casino really needs to do a better job of advertising their shows because I hear about stuff that happens at the casino all the time and either it's already sold out and I can't get a ticket or it happened last week it's happening and you're like oh somebody's seeing Def Leppard or something right yeah yeah, Def Leppard just played there a couple nights ago Um, because I I, like we've all gone to a few shows now at the casino and the one thing I've been surprised about is like when I went to see Boston it was $125 a ticket and it was seating Mm. like and they did not want you going up to the front row I mean I did anyways yeah. But same with like foreigners, same with like some of these heavier bands. Mm-hmm. Like I saw Alice in Chains at the casino and it was sitting. Really? Alice in Chains? Yeah. Wow. Okay. Because that's one I could get and foreigner. So why would this you be sitting be, down for Alice in Chains? For this to be GA, yeah. I was really, really surprised. Mm-hmm. And I looked and I thought maybe the GA was just like the general area. Maybe they just ticketed them and I thought yeah. it was probably going to give me a seat. Nope, standing. It says standing right on it. Wow. Hmm. And bleachers are more expensive. So, yeah. Wow. And I was like, that's very strange to me. Yeah. And I was like, I would just, if I wanted to sit on the bleachers, I would literally buy a GA ticket because no one will be sitting on yeah, the bleachers. Yeah, exactly. just sit there. If someone comes by like, oh, you're in my seat. Like, okay, thanks. I just I'll need move, to sit I'll down. down. Right. Like, yeah. it's, yeah. But, um, yeah. And so I'm, I'm pretty pumped now to see that show in November. Yeah, that's going to be fun. Yeah. We have Fleetwood Mac two weeks before that. I Quebec. heard you said we're going to Fleetwood Mac. Yeah. yeah. Fleetwood Mac, Quebec City. Yeah. <laughs> it's gonna be it's it hasn't really sunken in no, no. like we'll, it won't sink in until like we're in wearing t- our black velvet cloaks on our way right yeah and the hats and we're just we're, we're gonna, gonna be going all out gold dust women on our way yeah <laughs> yeah it's gonna be expect a special episode where it's gonna be like Kate and I crying in the bathroom afterwards be like oh my god <laughs> it'll be a live video it'll be a live video of just us be like ah <laughs> And like the phone drops in the door. Like it's just like a mess. <laughs> We're changed. No. Um, but it is funny because she got us tickets to see the tribute Fleetwood Mac like mm. months and months and months ago. Yeah, it was before my mom we even actually, knew that like, we were going. Yeah, my mom surprised us with Fleetwood Mac because my mom's a huge fan of Fleetwood Mac. Yeah. And she's like, and she knows Kate and I are really into Fleetwood Mac. And she's like, oh, well, I got us like, you know, tickets to the tribute show, which Kate and I saw before. We were thrilled. Came. We were like, yes. we are yes, still yes. thrilled. Yes. Yeah. And then um, we had the opportunity to see them live a couple months later so we're seeing the tribute band like literally the week after we see the real we went back oh, i almost wish it was the reverse though, i know right, right? but like, like the warm up to the actual so show like, it's just I so just... funny so it's gonna be a lot of fleetwood mac in october or november and yeah yeah and i haven't decided but i might do steely dan in october too yeah, yeah man yeah because it's like you're a big steely dan fan. i'm a huge fan i never got into them though yeah oh you probably hear that a lot yep i do <laughs> yeah one person who I won't name was like, I fucking hate Steely Dan. And you know what? We don't talk anymore. <laughs> oh. <laughs> <So>. Shade. <laughs> well, it's just like, screw you. You don't have to be like, I hate this yeah. music. Yeah, it's, it's like, I don't my, listen to Bob Dylan, thing. but it's not like, yeah. it may not just be like my vibe that I put on, but I deeply respect it. I right? think it's totally cool. I love the fan aspect yeah. of it. I love how it brings people together. Memories, movies are made. Like it's, there's longevity to him. They're not just like, you know what I mean? Good mm. Charlotte. Where have they been? I don't right. know. <laughs> okay. They were good, but where are they going? Where are they now? Right? Yeah. So is Jimmy Ray, but where is he now? No one knows. So anyways. But yeah, concerts. We uh, we like going to them a lot because yeah. we always joke around how life can be super rough. 
and you get out to the concert and they'll be like, how's everybody doing tonight? And what you really want to say is like, it's been a rough couple months. <laughs> Woo, yeah, it's like, but we're here. Yeah. Right? This and is the one thing I've been looking forward to. Yeah, for like nine months, literally eight, yeah. nine months. So I think that's a big, big thing about Strange Groups for us now is going to other shows, talking to other people, why they have tattoos of these favorite bands. Because ultimately, I've noticed it's become just as big as like the Fish Army and like Kiss Army and all these no, different... There's armies. There's a Dylan you know Army. I mean? Yeah. There's yeah. a Dylan Army, yeah. Yeah. There's, so, there's Parrot Heads. There's, I don't know, whatever you call it, Pink Floyd fans. Like, yeah. yeah. They're... <laughs> there's... There's and ever, I love that. Yeah. There's armies of fun armies. Yeah. You know, and that's, I don't know, that's, I think that's probably our favorite part of the project is talking about like the collections and the concerts and why and like early memories. And it's so cool. You had an older brother that you guys could like, you probably had different parts of music now, especially oh, definitely. in life. Yeah. Does he uh, come over often? Yeah. 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 We hang out. He, um, Does he collect records? Um, he doesn't. He loves that I collect records. Yeah. That's what I was going to ask. Yeah, yeah, but he because it's probably pretty cool. Like I'm sure a couple of the records I inherited from my dad are probably actually my brother's old records. Um, but he didn't collect much vinyl when we were young because we were both kind of coming of age as vinyl right. was going out. Yeah. Um, yeah, but he's coming with me to Chris Stapleton. That's going to be a family affair, actually. Oh, my, what? My, it's my wife and I, uh, my dad, oh, that's my dope. brother, uh, and a few friends. Like that's gonna that's going to be a good show, man. That's, that's going to awesome. be a great show. Yeah, we brought my dad to Willie Nelson last last year. Right. You know, and, I mean that's a that's a dad concert for sure. Oh, for right? sure. I, I'm yeah. sure we were not the only uh, yeah, yeah, <laughs> father son yeah. uh, combo at the Willie Nelson show. Uh, and then we mentioned we were going to Chris Stapleton, and he was like, "I don't really know who that is." But he's like, "But if you guys are into it, I'll go." <laughs> so true. Gotta like that. Yeah. yeah. That's one thing I'm really particularly looking forward to seeing, like the Fleetwood Mac show. It's like I get to see it with like my best friend, and then mm-hmm. I also get to see experience it with my mom too. Because yeah. her and I haven't gone out to a lot of shows together, yeah. like or sat together. Well, we've gone to the same shows, we haven't like sat together or anything. So like I feel like it's gonna be just a really cool experience for like important people in my life to connect. Right. It's an yeah. important memory. Yeah. Like, it's cool to see the band, but it's something that you can look back on and be like. My best Whoa. friend was there, and my mom was there. Be freaked yeah. out. <laughs> like, Stevie memories, was there. Right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Just in general, I've realized how important making memories is. Yeah, mm. right? Because time goes by so fast. And, like, I've kind of just taken some time to just slow down a little bit and not be so chaotic. And I've been, like, noticing, like, oh, my God, and thinking about all the bands I've gotten to see. And just right. the places I've gotten to go. And I've seen hundreds and hundreds of bands. Yeah. And mostly of my favorite bands. There's maybe a handful of my um, like top favorite bands that I will never get to see. Yeah. But have a potential to see. So like that's a pretty good ratio. And it, sometimes you just... Like records, you start to collect. And you don't really think about the experiences or the memories of it. So I love like thinking about the memory aspects of going to those things mm. and planning about them and like the fact that your family's going that's super cool because yeah. that's like something that your dad and your brother will be able to take your wife yeah. I think that's so cool music's dope it is and I've never regretted ever spending money on a concert ticket no, no you know Michael McDonald uh, yeah. he moved to Montreal Yeah, I remember he made a post once and I was like it's so weird you said that because I just bought concert tickets. And he yeah. said, you know, life's too short. Buy the concert Buy tickets. Buy the concert tickets. You'll make the money back. You can make up a day of vacation. It'll be fine. Like, And yeah. you realize how uh, 
how much of yourself you are when you're at your favorite concerts. Mm-hmm. And you're like, oh yeah, this is who I am. Whoa. And you come back like rejuvenated, even if it's like down to the casino for like a couple hours. <laughs> right, right. You're like yeah. back in my roots. I got yeah. a leather jacket. This is what I like. This is who I am. Mm. And it puts you back in that path. And I think that is really good for you and for business. It's therapy, man. It really it's is. A form of therapy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think another thing we do want to bring up um, on this podcast is um, you guys will probably start to see a little bit more from Dan. So we'll be talking yeah. a little bit more about that in the coming weeks. But Dan's going to be doing some pretty fun content on Strange Grooves. And we're pretty excited about that. Um, yeah. Something, of, something I believe, involving whiskey and records? Yeah, maybe. Maybe this will be a good time to bring the whiskey, whiskey yeah. out that I brought. I'm so good whiskey with the segues. This is the show. Great, great segues. Great segues. Um, yeah, well, I had an idea for pairing whiskey with music. This isn't um, the Bob Dylan Heaven's Door whiskey, whiskey, right? It is. <gasps> How did you what? Ah! How did you get this? Ah! I got this ah! when my wife and I were. <laughs> that was, I'm going to cry. Hold on, Sharice is That was the best everybody. possible I'm reaction. Deceased. <laughs> I'm deceased. So You're when what? my wife and I were in Boston last, uh, for the last concert we went to, oh my um, god, you got this? I in went Boston? looking for this, yeah, and oh I found god. it. I actually was able to walk from the Table Airbnb where we were so staying and buy this. Um, and my wife, who's really great at this kind of stuff, she had uh, gone to Bob Dylan's website and clicked the link through to Heaven's Door whiskey, and then you could see. Everywhere it's it's sold and oh. uh, so you got this in Boston. We bought this in Boston. Yeah, cousin Matthew, I know you're <laughs> listening. I want this next time you come back up. I'll pay you. Popping bottles. <laughs> oh my um, gosh. So we should definitely taste them. Um, it's yes, we are. <laughs> oh yeah. my god. But um, yeah, so she was like, "Oh, it says they have uh, this whiskey." There were two stores I think in Boston or near us anyway that had it. So we were actually able to walk from where we were staying down to this liquor store and the whole way there was like just because it says online that they have it like I'm probably sold just out. gonna assume that it's probably already sold out because I know they had sold out um, a lot uh, initially but yeah oh my gosh. they had some more so I got one uh, and they actually did three of these so this is the bourbon oh. but there's also a, a rye um, I only got one bottle of the bourbon, but uh, there's also a rye, and then one I think that's just called American whiskey, which is uh, probably oh, blend. I don't know the difference between any of them, so. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so that's, well, that would be like a whole other. That's a whole uh, other podcast. podcast. Yeah. Um, just know that this is pretty decent bourbon. Right. Um, uh, there you go. Okay. Thank you. Uh, it's not really super expensive. Like we paid, I think, fifty-five US for this bottle. Worth it. Which is <laughs> right. I was buying it no matter what. Like yeah, I, it was every like review could have said that it was shit, it and terrible. I still would have bought this. I would have had to have it. Um, it's actually got um, Bob Dylan's artwork on the bottle. I don't know if what? you know this, but he does ironwork. Ironwork, yeah. Yeah. So this is actually his ironwork, and each there's three different whiskeys right now, and each one has different uh, design on it. Um, so that's pretty neat. Uh, they're I'm technically not making the whiskey. I think they're buying the whiskey, which is quite common when you start up uh, a, a new uh, uh, whiskey uh, company. So somebody else is making this for them, but they are making their own now. Right. And he's actually uh, opening a distillery in Nashville in 2020. 
Jessica so, so you'll from be making a trip. To, definitely. There's a good, another good yeah. reason to go to Nashville. From yeah. what I understand, it's going to be in an old church in Nashville, yeah. uh, Heaven's Door uh, Distillery, and it will mark the 50th anniversary of Nashville Skyline. Oh, like, so, just it's all going to cool come together. Um, do you guys serve this at Hopscotch, or do you plan on uh, it? If I could get some of this um, through legal channels to sell at the bar, 100%. Yeah. So uh, but I mean, to sell anything at the bar, it all has to be purchased through, through ANBL. ANBL yeah. Right. Really? Yeah. And I, 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 they would not be able to source this for me. I didn't uh, realize that there yeah. was a. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's a, it's Again, a that's a whole other podcast. That's a whole other podcast. <laughs> wow. Huh. Wow. I'm just like that's that sucks. <laughs> <laughs> but it's it's actually pretty good. So cheers. Cheers. I'm like oh. Like okay. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how much bourbon you drink. Um, bourbon tends to have more of a bite than scotch, right? Um, but this is pretty decent bourbon. Like there's um, a lot of celebrities that just put their name on stuff, right? And I was like, mm. I have no idea what this is going to be like. Like what's uh, Bob early reviews do? were pretty favorable, like saying it was good. Um, but it does seem like he's not just slapping his name on something and. You know, and not really caring about the quality. I feel like he wouldn't. Well, it depends. Like he's done car commercials and stuff. Like really? you know, yeah, he has, and yeah. he's done a Victoria's Secret really, commercial. Really surprised me. And the car commercial surprised me even more than the Victoria's that, Secret like, commercial. I was like, really, Bob Dylan? But, but at the same and time, I think they were using like blowing in the wind. Even like, no, I think it was like, no, he's like, he'll, it's him narrating. You see the one? It's him narrating. It's like, yeah, we Japan makes this, and we'll <laughs> make this, but America, let us make your car. And he's like shooting pool, and I'm just like, I don't know. The same with the Frank Sinatra covers. I'm just like. And the why Christmas though? album, like I'm just like the Christmas album. Why yeah, though? there's a whole other podcast. That's a whole other podcast. <laughs> and next up on Bob Dylan, part two with Sharice and Dan. Um, we should that should be like that's like a mini series we could do. But like, nothing should surprise you about him. Like you yeah. think you know what he he's all about his, and what he would and wouldn't do, and then he'll just surprise he'll do you it just to fuck with you. And yeah. like he's he's you know he's pushing eighty. He can do whatever the hell yeah. he wants because he's Bob Dylan, and you know. And you either, you're on it or you're not. I'll always be on it. I would I'll always yeah. be on it, yeah. I'll always support, because, you know. Thank yeah. you so much for bringing this. This is, like, such a pleasant I thought surprise. you would think this was cool. Uh, um, and I, actually, my wife actually suggested away. it. I was like, should I bring a bottle of whiskey? And she was like, you should bring the Bob Dylan whiskey. I was like, yes. Yes, yes. I should. That's a good idea. This is so, I'm so <laughs> privileged to be able to taste this. And, well, like. I'm just glad you appreciate it. Yeah, man. Yeah, that's uh And Drake should be taking notes because Drake also has a bourbon and it's rot gut. It's terrible. Oh my god. And it's like around the same price point, but okay. learn from the king. <laughs> Just saying. Interesting. Wow. Yeah. yeah, it's interesting that like especially because of your expertise, like it would have been hard to be not biased where you like him so much. Like if it was a shit product, you would have Would you admit that it was a shit or would you be like I would like to say that I'd be objective and say, you know what, it's not very good, but it's a cool souvenir, and right. I'll always have the ball. That's what I mean. Yeah. Like you'd always keep yeah. because it's like bought as a yeah. as a fan. That's yeah, like it was a, kind of like a relief. Like open it like, up, oh, taste it, and go, oh, it's actually good. Oh, it's not shit. Okay. <laughs> Thank God. I um, when I saw Primus the last time, I did their VIP tasting, and uh, they have like a bunch of different wines and rosé, and they have uh, ginger pop. Stuff that, this is stuff that they're producing? Yeah. 
And yeah, it's called, so all, and it's called, all these and it's artists called are getting into sellers. this. Yeah, and they've been running it now for about five years. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, they've got a really nice um, little venue, and they make really great stuff. And so when I went to the VIP event, you got the poster, the VIP meet and greet, the tasting, uh, a photo op, and front row tickets for 150 bucks. Well, and the posters are usually 100 on their own, right? Because it's an artist from every city that then does the poster for the band. And then they pay that artist from that city. And they do it all all in advance. And, like, they'll have... Crazy, if they though. have 200 shows, they'll have 200 posters. Wow. And uh, so I thought that was really cool. But what I didn't know at the time is I'm not a wine drinker. Mm. Um, but, like, the rosé wasn't too bad. I thought that yeah. was kind of good, right? They had a few different kinds of wine. And then yeah. they had uh, the ginger soda pop. And I yeah. love ginger ale, and I have a terrible stomach, and that's why I guess Les Claypool made it, is because he had terrible stomach problems. Right. And over time, he started like getting like seasick out when he was on fishing trips and had no idea why, and he would use this to help calm his stomach. So it, oh, I wow. ended up being able to drink it, and it just kind of tastes like sort of root beer, but more kind of like ginger ale. And uh, so I was down in Portland, and we're on the pier, and I was like, okay this I want to take one of these bottles back because they're about $200 for a bottle if I were to actually get it in the US and ship it here mm -hmm. like it's about probably 80 or 90 on the website but then by the time it gets here yeah like it's not I pay more in shipping than I do the product right so I never got it I always wanted it just as a souvenir just to have support them whatever and then I remember and I took that bottle after the because uh, they had champagne and stuff and she was and Les Claypool's wife, Cheney, was like, here, just stuff it in your bag, girl. Stuff it in your bag. And I left the venue and crossed the border, and here it is. Yeah. And I also, I have another uh, pop bottle in Contra the cupboard. Bag. I have the C-pop bottle. Oh, my gosh. And so one thing I noticed is that, like, the way that the art was done, everything, it was well thought out. So even yeah. though, you know, I, I was like, oh, it was actually a great product. I was really surprised. Yeah, so, well, you just, I just thought that was, like any French wine or something. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So they, they call but now it the, it's, uh, it's got pachyderm on it. Yeah, I'm like, okay, I'm starting to see the clues. Yeah, yeah. So I, I think I've got the other bottle here somewhere. This is so cool. <laughs> <laughs> Just made my day, Dan. Yeah, I literally was carrying bottles across the border. And I was like, hope to God they don't catch me. Well, you can bring amount, a certain amount of liquor back. They were empty. They were empty? Oh. Yeah, they were empty. And I wasn't allowed to leave out of the venue. Oh, so you just kind of put them in your... I put them in my bag. Right. And just hope to God that they didn't catch me. Yeah. And, and then I got the signed poster. But this I, is... Is this alcoholic or this is just like pop? Just pop. Oh, yeah. So you can bring as much, of, as much of this as you want across. Yeah. Um, but I just wanted the bottles for souvenirs. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's a cool thing. Uh, yeah. And so they have a bunch of different wine and different stuff. So I just... I thought it was cool just to be able to like bring it back. Hell yeah. But yeah, they do like private tastings and stuff. So that was a really cool experience. So I wonder if like if he tours again, if he would start doing like a... Uh, like a tasting experience he, with Bob he, Dylan. He would not be there personally because no. he does not talk It'd to people. But like $99. Right. But if he ever did one, honestly, if he did one and he was going to be there, I would pay $1,000. Sure. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. I, sure. I would. Yeah. You can't I, put a price on something like that. Like okay. a friend of mine just saw uh, Springsteen on Broadway. Right. Like he, not the Netflix special. He was literally yeah. in New York and he bought a ticket and um, not through the box office. So he paid, I don't even remember what he paid, but it was like a stupid gross amount of money. Yeah. And he's like, it's a lot of money. And I'm like, yeah, but you love Springsteen. And like, he's in a room like the size of the Imperial theater seeing like, 
you know, one of his heroes on stage telling stories. Yeah. I'm like, doesn't matter how if Bob Dylan was doing a tour like that, there'd be no. Yeah. No, I'd get a, I'd get a lot <laughs> I don't know of what I don't know yeah. what my maximum would be to pay to get yeah. into a room like that, but right, yeah, yeah, man, totally. I yeah, know. I would say like probably a thousand is probably my okay. top, but depending on what it is. Mm. Yeah, I guess around a thousand, maybe a little more, depending on the experience and you know to yeah. see my uh, my cousin Clark in Boston. So my cousin Matt's dad, he. Uh, He's, he grew up in, he was, he moved down to Boston in like the mid sixties or whatever. So he's seen Mm. so many shows in his life. And apparently he saw Bob Dylan in 1972 and apparently, apparently, so this is like when he was like, I guess, struggling with heroin addiction, um, in that point of his career. And apparently there were like a bunch of people were kind of, everyone was kind of sitting at the back or whatever. And he's like, you guys can come on down. He like, they literally came on down like we're front row, like just Bob Dylan playing. I just, what? Just hyperventilate, like, like Brandon almost had to carry my lifeless body across the border after seeing a Thompson's point. So like, I don't know what yeah. I would have done. Like, it's crazy. Yeah. Like some of the old people concert stories, it's just like what? What? Yeah, yeah I know. And like, he's seen like Janis Joplin, the original Alice Cooper group. I'm sure. He's seen like just you know, it's so. I mean, there's, I, there's people saw Bob Seger at the LBR. Yeah. Oh there yeah, the that was you know, and like... that was like historic. He said that he would never come back, and then he is. Yeah, back and then he came he... back. And I went to see him, and he was awesome. Did he? Did he, is it true that he called out, being like, "Yeah, I know, I said I wasn't gonna come back here, but you know." I don't remember that, but. Or did he? I don't know. I just, it was a Bob Seger show. There was a lot. Of, there was a lot of beers. Likes to yeah, weave <laughs> into the fabric. Right, right. Like I wasn't sure if that was true because if he actually remembered or he said yeah. that he would but never like, come here. My wife showed me a picture of uh, Johnny Cash and June Carter Cash in Bathurst. Yeah, man. I was like. What? They were in Bathurst. And then she started looking into it and she's like, apparently they played in Bathurst and like Campbellton mm-hmm. and Moncton. And, and I was like, what? Yeah, I was like, who goes to Bathurst, first of all, and who goes to Campbellton? Yeah. But I mean, this was 19, I think it was 70 or 72. So, wow. Wow. Yeah, the, the gem of shows. <laughs> I know. I can't, I just, the Fleetwood Mac, the... I'm just really excited for some, I know. some shows, that's all. Because yeah. I, I haven't gotten to go to some in a long time. And luckily the ones we're going to are going to be really good. So, <laughs> Are you going to KV Music Fest at all? Uh, I don't have plans to. What weekend is that? It's the last weekend of August. But they, they start on like a Wednesday or Thursday and they play right up until Saturday. Okay. And there's Honeymoon Suites, the headliner. Yeah, I heard that. Yeah, it's going to be rad. It's going to be great. That would be a good time. Um, it's huh. only 49 bucks, and there's like a proceed of the ticket that goes back to St. Joe's. So it's pretty good. I mean, there's a bunch of free shows. I know the Kendra Gale Band's playing, Tomato Tomato. There's a bunch. Yeah. And like for that price, I was like, fuck yeah, we're going. Oh, yeah. So that'll be very good. And they have great pizza. Oh, my God. Oh, it's like, it's, <laughs> as I said, I, we ranted, I ranted about this in like our episode. Right, because it's at Vito's, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I always love how you can just get it by the slice. Slice, there. and they can, like, you can order your nachos, they serve you there, and you can Poutine. enjoy the tune. It's, oh, yeah. It's just great. enjoy the tune. So it's you're at a concert, place. and you're eating actually good pizza, not just... Yeah. Yeah, We've all I had love... concert pizza before. No, it's, but no, this shit's top-notch. Um, what about 506? You come to that? Uh, if I go, it'll be this Sunday night. Yes, yeah. we'll be quite. That's the problem with all these festivals is that yeah. I'm working because yeah, yeah, because the you know if there's something going on in town, then the bar is busy and right. I have to be there. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, but that's yeah. what's cool about five oh six is that Sunday night there's actually some pretty good uh, acts that are coming. Like Rural Alberta Advantage is yeah, coming. Yeah, 
Um, it's so nice that it's like a little bit them. closer now, so oh, people can yeah. explore the nightlife a little bit and yeah. you know go get a meal, do Which something. Which will be good for the bar. We'll just be that yeah. much busier. Cause, yeah, I mean, be awesome. not that Long Wharf was that far away. But <laughs> no, was, no. You know, you've got to you know walk through the parking lot, maybe walk past your car and think, ah, maybe I'll just go. Right. Yeah. 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 So before we I, we wrap every episode up with. Uh, this question or some form of this question I change it every time yeah um so I know you're you're a collector so I'll make it a bit easier for you <laughs> um you're on a desert island with your record player what are the three records you will keep with you what, what are the ones you're going to bring with you oh geez this answer does not define you it doesn't define <laughs> you and it can also and it can change. change ours changes like every time well um, this is this I've been playing around with this desert island question I feel like my whole life and yeah, yeah. it always changes yeah. so it would just be whatever I decided that day but it's like I like so many different styles of music it's really hard to imagine like well what if I don't pick a metal album right. and I really yeah, need yeah. to hear some right. really hard ass metal like, but in this note like don't even take it don't like think about like July 17th you're going to yes. fucking yeah. so at this moment bring? in your life at this moment in your life what are the three albums you would take uh, right now, I would definitely, uh, I would definitely take some Dylan, obviously. What album? Um, ooh, ooh. yeah. Um, lately, my favorite Dylan album because it always changes. Although it is, Blood on the Tracks is the best album. Mm-hmm. My favorite right now is probably Infidels. Okay. So I would bring that, so that I could, yeah, so I could listen Excellent. to uh, License to Kill every day. Hell yeah. Because <laughs> you're going to probably have to kill some life on your yeah, right. island. Yeah. So that would be my, my Dylan record. Um, and honestly, I would bring that uh, Sturgill Simpson Sailor's Guide to Earth because that was my favorite album when that came out, I don't know, two years ago. And it's still in the top. Um, and then I don't know what the third would be. <laughs> Hey, you you know what you like. That's good. Yeah. Right? I put way too much thought into these Desert Island questions no every same. time. <laughs> every time. But um, the first band that I really fell in love with was Nirvana. So I would have a Nirvana album. I would probably bring Incesticide because I don't think I would ever get bored of that. That's what I'd bring. Yes! <laughs> I sometimes struggle though because I'm a, I'm a big Bleach fan. Yeah. I love but Incesticide's definitely more raw and more power and it's the only one I don't own. Ooh. Uh... Yeah. Because it's expensive. Exactly. I <laughs> found it on a website and got a copy that's, I think it's like a European pressing. Yeah. It was less, but I still paid, I think, almost $50 for it. Yeah, I think it was that but if you see it on, press for 60 Yeah, so. if you see it on the shelf, it's usually 60 or 70 Yeah. Uh, although I think they're re-releasing some of that stuff. I just saw a copy of In Utero that was not outrageously expensive. I spent a lot of money on my copy of In Utero. Yeah, same. Yeah. Um, but... You gotta have it. That's kind of, we've <laughs> talked about the Desert Island thing, and that's kind of like, that was my discovery of like getting into my own likes after, after like going through all my dad's stuff, and then going yeah. through some punk rock, and then really going through and sitting down and like reading everything, and every journal. And I had, I had almost 75 bootleg cassettes from people that I had like found like throughout all of like Canada and like play, people who had gone to like the States and stuff and just wow. bought their bootleg tapes. And like, I was pretty obsessed. Like I was the first person to get their box set when it came out at the time, like here in St. John. Like I was yeah. very, 
And then what I think I, I got to the point where I was like, if he if he were alive and walked in my room, he'd punch me in the face. And I don't want this. Because like all four walls were plastered full of shit. Yeah. And I I wore like the same clothes and like had the same bleached parts in my hand. It came to a point where now every time I see a new thing pressed, I don't run out and get it. Yeah. I just get the ones that I know are important. Because if I haven't listened to Incesticide this week, mm-hmm. what what gives me the, the right to go spend $60 on the record just because I like it? Because I'm a huge fan. Yeah. Mm. So now I think differently about my purchases based on how I want to listen to music. That's sort of this, I kind of have that approach too, because obviously we know Bob Dylan has a huge discography, mm-hmm. but like, I'm not, like, I appreciate, you know, it's part of his, but I'm not going to go out and probably buy his religious records. Mm-hmm. That's just me. Mm-hmm. But you that's just me. Because you can get them for next to nothing. That's what I mean. So like, <laughs> maybe I should. Maybe Somebody's I should. Got a copy got dupe stand? <laughs> Somebody's got a copy of Saved in a yard sale somewhere this weekend yeah. for a dollar. I'll be out <laughs> on the streets. Um, checking that out but yeah like I guess you know I'm also you know kind of selective too I guess a bit on like what you know because often it is expensive to yes. to purchase stuff sometimes yeah well guys thank you so much for this great episode thank this you for been... coming this was like I, I can't wait now that, you have, that you'll have your own little thing going. and I would love and guys if you're listening let us know like if you guys are if you're interested I'm just saying yeah. <laughs> throwing this out there if yeah. you're interested into like periodic bonus episodes of Bob Dylan chatter, <laughs> I mean, we got you covered apparently, <laughs> and I got yeah. I got more Dylanists that can join <laughs> really? us. Really, like, anyways, we could form a panel. We yeah. could form a panel. <laughs> you can apply to come to Dylan Night. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> No, but if it's something you're interested in, uh, there's a membership know. base. You pay in to get whiskey, bootlegs, super, super like low key information from other members. <laughs> uh, yeah, no. Um, let us know. Um, thank you so much, Dan. It was a pleasure. Yeah, this has been great. Thank you so much. Okay. Right. Until next time. Keep, keep it strange. If you've enjoyed this, then you have to hit strangegrooves.com for more amazing content. To support this podcast and music community, go to patreon.com slash strangegrooves. As always, keep it strange.